Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another edition of NHL Trade Talk, the podcast. Here, as always, with Brooke Laferno. Brooke, how are you? I'm doing good. This was kind of an impromptu uh, call today to yeah. go over some big things, so I'm ready to get into it. Well, on the last show, uh, we said that we would do another one when a trade happened. Now, the trade mm-hmm. hasn't happened. It's not official or anything like that, but two major names have been brought up in respect to a team that I cover very closely at the Hockey Raiders. By the way, this is Jim Parsons of NHL Trade Talk. And Lock Raiders, <laughs> I do the Oilers stuff a lot over there, and both Eric Carlson and Patrick Kane are rumored to be players the Oilers are talking about with their respective teams. And two major reputable insiders uh, who cover both the league and the teams respectively have mentioned that the Oilers are in on these conversations. So it's probably worth doing a show about because these mm-hmm. are huge blockbusters. Like we talk about the NBA trade deadline and how everybody's like, oh my gosh, NHL needs to catch up here. If these two players were to move here in the next week and a half or two weeks or something like that, now all of a sudden the NHL is like, yeah, see, we make big trades too, right? Like mm-hmm. these are huge names. These are maybe two of the arguably biggest names uh, outside of maybe Timo Meyer. These are probably the two biggest names that are available potentially here at the trade deadline. So we're going to do this show about Patrick Kane and about Eric Carlson in relation to the Oilers. Makes sense for you and I to talk about this. I cover the mm-hmm. Oilers, you cover the Blackhawks, so you know tons about Patrick Kane. Mm-hmm. So let's start there. So here's here's where this kind of start so i caught wind of an article from mark specter who works for sportsnet and he writes that one of his sources has said and he thinks this is an accurate uh depiction of what's really going on here that the oilers and blackhawks have a deal worked out got something in my eye here um where chicago has agreed to take uh move patrick kane to the oilers and the oilers have agreed to trade for patrick kane and in return would go Jesse Pugliarvi, Warren Fogle, a first-round pick, and a prospect not named Dylan Holloway or Philip Broberg, which is really important for the Oilers because they don't want to move either one of those two guys. So those are prospects that the Oilers until now have been like really hesitant to move, and they don't want to get rid of Broberg. So this is a trade that would be very big. Uh, Chicago would take money back. The Oilers would have to get Chicago to retain salary here, so we'd be looking at half. Um, now keep in mind, this is not a done deal. Patrick Kane still has not waived his no trade or no move to go anywhere, including Edmonton. We don't even know if he wants to go there and the Oilers still have to figure out what another prospect because there would be another prospect thrown in here. Uh, mm-hmm. we don't know who that is. Could be Xavier Bargo, could be Raphael Lavoie, could be, who knows, could be a lot of different mm-hmm. people. We don't know who that is. And so we're not even sure if the Chicago Blackhawks and Oilers have gotten that far. So my first question to you is your immediate reaction to the idea here that maybe this is a deal that could be done. The foundation laid the it's in the chamber. It just requires Patrick Kane to go. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. What are you thinking? My first thought was this deal actually makes a lot of sense. I know a lot of things surrounding Patrick Kane is speculation because of the fact that he hasn't said I want out officially. So I know all this is speculation, but the deal does make sense. It does seem kind of reputable in my opinion. I know a lot of people weren't sure if he would garner a first round pick with how he's played this year, even though, you know, a player of his caliber is definitely worth that. But yeah, my thought initially is this makes sense for both sides. And my other thought was Edmonton has been a team that's been linked to Kane, I think even since last year, as someone that he'd be a good fit there on the top six. But again, that was more speculation. Now this kind of makes it more maybe real. So I definitely see this being realistic. But like you said, is Kane willing to go to Edmonton? I don't know. Right now, 
as opposed to a couple of days ago, we kind of said at this point, if he does move, it's only going to be to a few teams. It's all he's willing to go to. So I don't know if Edmonton's on that list, but my first reaction is this makes a lot of sense. And if there is truth to it, I think there could be. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the only thing I suppose that you would say would go against this idea of Edmonton being on his list I guess if he doesn't want to go to a Canadian team mm-hmm. or the market of Edmonton where the weather isn't wonderful, I suppose. But mm-hmm. what look at what he's looking at here. It's just a few months, right? So mm-hmm. it's not like he has to resign. He's a rental. He's a p- pending UFA. So he can go wherever he wants to in the summertime. He's going to get the chance to play with Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl, which you cannot really argue any other team can offer you. Mm-hmm. These are for sure the best player in the league, maybe the second best player in the league. Like you have a legitimate chance to really take off and explode offensively and kind of rebound your season a little bit and make a name for yourself in terms of what your value is going to be. He's already a name, but if value is going to be as a free agent, trying to get another deal here kind of towards the end of your career and choosing what team you want to go to, he can put the whole question. And I'm going to ask you about this in a second of the lingering injury issues that might Mm -hmm. be there. Uh, If he plays really well with those guys, he can put that thing to bed and nobody's going to really worry about it too much when they sign him. There's a lot to like about the, I mean, they are legitimate cup contenders the way they're playing right now. They just won again today against Ottawa six, three, they're 10, two and one in their last 13 road games. Like they've played really well. Their goaltending is playing well. They just got to need they kind of need to round out their defense, which is where we'll go on the next trade conversation topic. But, there's a lot to like about this. If you're Patrick mm-hmm. Kane, then you're thinking, I don't know how many options are better than this, right? Mm-hmm. That's how I see it. Now, people will argue it's Edmonton and whatever else that you might want to say about the market. Um, but could you pick another team for Patrick Kane to really just, I mean, the Rangers are out now, right? They mm-hmm. they added Vladimir Tarasenko. It's not really realistic that they're probably looking at him anymore. Is there a better option for him? That's the tough part because I know that there's a lot of speculation that now that the Rangers are off the board, that now his options are limited about which teams want him at this point. But I was actually talking with one of our um, contributors at the Hockey Writer, uh, Mariah Holland, um, who covers the Minnesota Wild. And we kind of were joking a little bit, but now it's actually we're going to do an article about this. So stay tuned for that. We were actually thinking that maybe Minnesota of all teams could be a fit. For Patrick Kane. Um, We don't know if they have the cap space to do it, but you know what? Any team can figure it out if they really want someone. They could use help on their top six, close to home, close to Chicago, if that's what's important to them. It's kind of reminds me of Marc-Andre Fleury, kind of what they did last year. He chose Minnesota because they were competitive and close to home while his kids were still in school in Chicago. So I thought that was a team that could make sense. I know a lot of people are thinking Buffalo could make sense, hometown kid, but who knows if they'll make the playoffs. I know they're pushing. I don't know if they'll ultimately make it. I still think the Devils could be a fun fit for them, but a lot of people don't think they're looking at them. They think they're more on Timo Meyer. So I still think he has some good options here, but something's telling me he might stick in the Central, maybe the Wild or maybe the Dallas Stars. I know he's been linked to them forever as well, so we'll see. But I still think he has some good options, even though a lot of people say he doesn't have a lot of options. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Dallas makes, of all the teams that you mentioned, Dallas makes the most sense to me. The Minnesota Wild have the cap space. They could make it work this year. They don't have anything next year, so they have to get a rental if they're going to be buying because they don't have all that dead cap space that they're going to have to worry about. Mm -hmm. But they could make a push this year. The problem with Minnesota is they've kind of been stinky lately. Yes. They're 4-6 and whatever they are in the last 10 games. They haven't been very good. Uh, They got creamed by Vegas, and that's a team Mm -hmm. that I would mention potentially here. 
is that they have all sorts of money now, right? Mm-hmm. But we assume that Mark Stone's going to go on LTIR, which frees up a whole bunch of money for Kane uh, to go there. The problem with Vegas for me, as good as they have been, is that there are a lot of question marks on that team, right? They, mm-hmm. they're goaltending. He's you know, Logan Thompson's played great, but we don't know what's going on with him. If he's going to be injured outside of him, what do you do? They seem inconsistent at times, even though they're really strong offensively. Like maybe Kane likes the idea of Vegas. They got the money. They could make it work, but I don't see Minnesota. Dallas, maybe. There's a lot of veterans there. But are those teams cup contenders? Is Dallas a cup contender? Maybe. Is Minnesota? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think so. Um yeah. is Vegas? It's iffy for me with Vegas, right? So it depends on what you want if you're Patrick Kane. Like, do you just want to go where you know you're probably gonna make the playoffs? And mm-hmm. if things go right, you got a shot at it. Or do you want to go to a team that legitimately has a shot? And there may only be two or three of those mm-hmm. that have the ability to add him. And mm-hmm. that's the real question. What do you think about the return? Uh, the idea of, you know, Jesse Pugliarvi, Warren Fogle, a first round pick, a prospect. We don't know who that prospect is going to be. Um, do you like the idea of that? Is it really just about the first rounder and everything else is just whatever to make it work? Like, how do you see the return for Chicago? Yeah, when I saw that, I was actually like, I like this trade a lot for Chicago. I don't hate it at all. And I think if general manager Kyle Davidson saw that as it was reported, then yeah, he probably, I think, would like that a lot too. Like I said, there was a little bit of confusion about that first round pick for Kane. But something that also sticks out to me is Yessi Pugliarvi. We've been talking, I think we even talked about this over the summer. I always thought Yessi Pugliarvi would be a good fit on the Blackhawks just because he's a young goal scorer that might need a change of scenery. And obviously if the Blackhawks are looking to make big changes, obviously with Max Domi, Andreas Anthony, CU, now Taylor Radish is in the trade talks. They're going to need forwards back. So I think that would be a really good gamble. And so would Warren Fogel. I think they're just good depth forwards that they could add. So I think that's honestly a bonus. I don't think it's just about the first round pick. I do think they want assets for him. They want players for him. Their pipeline was actually ranked fifth in the NHL. So I know they are trying to keep building on that, but right now I think they're actually pretty good, but they would obviously love to add more, especially in their hopes that they'll get a top pick on top of it in the draft with Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli or something like that. So honestly, this trade makes sense for all the reasons for Chicago. They got, they would get depth forwards, a prospect to add to their already deep um, pool. And then obviously another first round pick. They already have two going into this draft. So getting three in a very deep draft would be really like a home run for them. And that's honestly what they want. I don't think they'd settle for less for Kane, to be honest. Yeah. You know, if if the Oilers figure out his injury situation is not as dire as some people are saying, like the Rangers were scared of it, right? Like they Uh just, they didn't want to go there. And so that's why they didn't make that deal. And I don't know if Kane's disappointment when he was talking about, you know, Tarasenko going to the Rangers was more about the idea that maybe a team is worried about his injury mm-hmm. or that he really did like the idea of going to New York and thought, mm-hmm. well, if I'm going anywhere, that could be an option for me. I'm not really sure. For the Oilers, it makes sense t- to me, if you think he's healthy, to go ahead and give up that first round pick because uh, it's going to be a late pick. If everything goes according to plan, it's somewhere between 28 and 32. So it's not like it's a deep draft. Yes, mm-hmm. but is this the year to do it? If you think that you're that good? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you're not picking in the first 20. You should be fine in that respect. Um, they're going to lose probably Jesse Pugliarby anyway. They're going to have to put him on waivers to make this Kyler Yamamoto LTAR situation work. He's coming back uh, as early as maybe Monday or Tuesday. So they'll have to activate him. Uh, they got to clear money. Pugliarby's going on waivers if they can't find a trade. 
And there's a 50-50 chance it gets claimed, right? He might not because of his salary and he struggled. He's only got five goals and they just haven't found that consistency with him. So he might go, he might not go. Fogel has got one more year left on his deal. He's probably going to be moved in the offseason anyway if the Oilers have to restructure their cap hit a little bit. So Fogel's a good depth piece. He's not going to be somebody who probably sticks in Chicago long-term, but he is somebody that you can use as a regular NHL player who might pot you 10 goals in a season. Um, but it makes a lot of sense if you were the Oilers. And if they don't have to move the two prospects, you absolutely don't want to move. And by the way, I would put Vincent DeHarnay in that equation too. I would not touch moving him if I'm the Oilers because I think he is going to be a player. Short sample size in Edmonton, but I think he's really good. I just don't know that you would have a better option. Like, now we're going to move on to this Carlson talk in a second here, but to me, it makes a lot of sense if Patrick Kane, you think, can survive four rounds of playoff hockey. Like, if you think he can make it through that and he's injury-free enough that he's not going to be a major concern for you, I think you go for it if you do Oilers. Now, the question that we should probably shift to is there's also talk in Edmonton and that they are now re-engaged in conversation with San Jose about Eric Carlson, which I don't know if there's a bigger trade than Patrick Kane, but Eric Carlson's probably it. He might be the guy that would be like the holy crap blockbuster of blockbusters. You know, we hear people use the term blockbuster often and <laughs> the word doesn't have the meaning it used to, but this would be a blockbuster. Like if Eric Carlson was moved and the Oilers got him and then you've got, you know, a top two of Darnell Nurse and Eric Carlson, you've got McDavid, you've got Dreisaitl, you've got Kane, you've got Nugent Hopkins, you've got Hyman. All on the same, this is Edmonton going for it, and this is Edmonton going for it in the next two, three seasons and trying to win a Stanley Cup all three of those seasons. You know what I mean? Like, that's absolutely what they're doing if they make this because we're talking about at least two first-round picks probably here, plus a ton of salary going back, maybe somebody even like Tyson Berry to make it work. Uh, And they like Tyson Berry. He's been pretty effective for them. So this is a huge deal, like if possible. Lots of roadblocks to go through, lots of hurdles to jump to make it work. And there's a lot of like what's happening in San Jose. Are they really only willing to retain 18% salary on Eric Carlson or will they retain like 40% and give him, get him down to like a $7 million player? What would be the bigger deal? Do you think you cover Chicago? So, you know, Patrick Kane, everybody knows Patrick. Would Carlson be the better ad? Do you think for the Oilers? Is that a bigger deal than the Patrick Kane deal would be like, what would be more shocking of a trade to you, Kane or Carlson? To be honest, I, if I'm being honest and I don't cover the Oilers like you do, and I'm not just saying this because I'm biased, but I do think Patrick Kane would be the better trade. I think that would cause a lot of buzz around Edmonton for sure. That to me, if you get someone like Patrick Kane, who's one of the top NHL players of all time, that means you're going for it. Um, But I know Eric Carlson's kind of in that um, conversation too, but I would say Patrick Kane, I think is the better fit. If I'm going to be honest with you, but I don't know, though. Eric Carlson, though, he's someone that I didn't really picture with Edmonton, to be honest with you. But it makes a lot of sense, actually. But I feel like, I guess, if you're Edmonton, you can't go wrong. You're getting probably either one of the best players um, in the NHL. I know Kane's kind of been slumping a little bit, but that's because he's on a bad team. I don't think you should be worried about that. But, yeah, I do you know what? I can see Eric Carlson going to the Oilers, but I do think Kane would be a better fit. Yeah, I guess it depends on what your priority is, right? Like if you're thinking, Mm -hmm. because the Oilers are one of the best high scoring teams in the Mm -hmm. NHL. Do you need more of that? 
because that's mm-hmm. what Patrick Kane is. Now, there are certainly questions at right wing. The Oilers have been kind of plugging and playing there. But if they got Kane, they would have Zach Hyman and Patrick Kane as your top two right wingers on that team. That's pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, they're rotating guys like Yamamoto if he's healthy, Pooley RV, uh, Zach Hyman's in there. You're trying to find a fit. You wouldn't, you don't really have it. You've got Hyman as your closest thing to a regular, right? But he's both a left winger and a right winger. So you can put him wherever. But Kane's legitimately your top line right winger if you add him. But the Oilers have some questions on defense. Now, Carlson's not necessarily a defense first kind of guy, but the guy's going to get 100 points this season. Like, Mm -hmm. it's crazy. And yes, you can argue he wasn't that great. Uh, not mm-hmm. Carlson-esque in the last couple seasons. He's 32. He's got some injuries. He's got four more years on his contract after this one. Uh, so even if you get him at a retained, say, $7 million bucks, that's a $7 million defenseman for the next four years. He's going to be there till he's 36 years old. I don't know. Like, it would be something else if the Oilers were to figure out a way to do this. And I don't know how realistic it is. But clearly, if they're talking to San Jose again, these two sides must think maybe there's more here than just kicking tires on this thing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're even close. I have no idea you know, what kind of conversations they're having. Chris Johnson's pretty reputable and he's the guy who's reporting this. So clearly uh, they've got something that they're thinking when it comes to, can we do this? Now I mentioned to you before we came on the air here. I also don't know if this is Ken Holland, the general manager of the Oilers, kind of playing chicken a little bit, working some leverage with other teams because there's been talk that the Oilers might be in on Jacob Chikrin out of Arizona, and he would be maybe the second best defenseman available at this year's trade deadline. And if the Oilers want him, maybe the idea of making people think you're in on Eric Carlson says to Arizona, oh, maybe we should look at this a little more seriously. I don't know if that's what Ken Holland's doing, trying to get the price lowered on Chikrin. Like, I really don't know how realistic this is, but it is pretty crazy that the Oilers all of a sudden are the team that are playing so well, and it's like you get this feeling around this team, like Ken Holland is like, you know, like we're doing it. We're going in. Mm-hmm. We're moving the first. We're going to make a trade here. We're moving some money. Like, I almost feel like something's going to drop here right away, and I don't, I don't know what it is. I really don't know if it's Kane or Carlson, but I expect that the Oilers – are going to be in on something big here. Um, the ask here for Carlson is like two firsts. Mm-hmm. We're talking major money, Tyson Berry, probably Warren Fogle, Jesse Pugliarvi being part of this thing. Is that too big a price? You think like, do you have concerns? Like, I know you think Kane might be the better fit for Edmonton, but as far as Carlson, the player goes and his age and his injury history and how good he is, is that a too big a price? Is that, a risk if you're the Oilers trying to go in and get somebody who's that age, who is, is fantastic right now, but it hasn't always been that way. Uh, last couple of seasons, like, are you, you, you taking too big a gamble there? Yes, I do actually. And I like Eric Carlson a lot. I always have, but, and I guess you can argue that San Jose has been very bad the last few years. And you could say he's been the victim of being on a bad team and maybe switching to a good team might actually rejuvenate him. It make him even better than he is now. And the fact that he is doing all this while San Jose is still very bad. I was just going to say. Yeah. is obviously a good testament um, to him. But I, I do have concerns about that, though, because it's not like Patrick Kane where you would only have him for a couple months and then all of a sudden he's a free agent. With Eric Carlson, you're stuck for the next probably – I forgot how much, long, how much longer is left. It's like four years or something. Four years after this season. 
Yeah, that's kind of a long gamble, in my opinion, for Eric Carlson, only because he's having a great year. We don't know what next year will bring. But like I said, you don't know, I guess, unless you try, he could end up being a perfect fit in Edmonton and that might rejuvenate him. But yeah, that is a steep price for sure. But I will say if you're San Jose, keep that high price, because at this point, he's your best trade asset besides Timo Meyer. And honestly, San Jose has nothing going for him. If they want to keep that price high, do it because he's on a tear right now. And maybe someone will want to take that gamble. The fact that he was good for such a long time, obviously struggled, but it's a bad team. So we'll see. But right now, if I was GM of Edmonton, if I was Ken Holland, I would think I would have a little bit of pause just on term alone would worry me if he had one year left whatever that's fine but it's that term I think that's a little scary yeah no I mean I will I think you're right and you're on to something here what I will say though is if you're San Jose and Eric Carlson's got 100 points Mm -hmm. or projected to get 100 points and you say okay I'm gonna put him on the Oilers roster theoretically what would he have if he was there is there a team willing to pay what the Oilers might be willing to pay to add a guy like that and will you ever have this opportunity again? That's the question I'm asking in San Jose, right? Because I'm looking at how well Carlson's playing. The market for him is at the highest point that it might ever be. You're right. Keep that price high. And don't come down to like, okay, one first rounder and we'll take Fogel and Pugliarvi and we'll just eat all this money and we just get one first round pick. No, you don't do that. But if you can get yourself you know, a first rounder and a, an extra pick and you get a prospect in this thing and you can make it work, I don't know. I mean... It's very possible. Carlson's when they I heard somebody say this on another show. When you're talking about elite players, elite players figure out ways to stay elite players, whether that's mm-hmm. work on their body or mentally stay in shape for the game. They don't just drop off a cliff. So I don't believe that Carlson is going to regress so much that mm-hmm. all of a sudden from this year to next season, he's not worth anything. Mm-hmm. I don't think that. I don't know though if Carlson's ever going to be worth what he's worth right now. Mm-hmm. Again. Right. So if you're San Jose, say, okay, well, we'll just hold on to the player if we don't get what we want. Will you have this opportunity again in the summer? Will you have it next year at the deadline? I don't know that you will. And so if you're San Jose, you got to go. This might be the best we're going to get for this guy. And if he's willing to and keep in mind, Carlson's got a no move. Mm -hmm. So at any point, he has the final say here. And if he's willing to move now and you say in San Jose, well, we need to move this guy and he may never say yes again. So if he's willing to say yes now and you and you can get the picks you want to get, I don't know. I'm thinking if San Jose wants to move this player, they got to do it. And that yeah. that's the interesting thing here, right? Like how far will you come down in your ask? Or maybe the real question is how much salary are you willing to retain? Because there's talk it's only 18%. Will you go, man, if we can't ever move him again, if he never says no again, if he never says yes again, or you maybe the Oilers aren't in the hunt or another team isn't in the hunt next season. Well, can we retain 40? Maybe we should. You know what I mean? Because the mm-hmm. it doesn't care. They're going to move Timo Meyer anyway. They're going to move Carlson. They're a completely rebuilding team. <laughs> Taking on an extra three or $4 million in cap space does not mean anything to them. Like it, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. So I don't know. It's really interesting. I, I think there's a ton of hurdles here, but if both sides are willing in Carlson's game, I think they could figure it out. I don't know if it's going to happen. Like I might put this at a 15% chance of this actually doing something, but I think the two sides could figure it out if they wanted to. It's going to be a whopper, though. If it happens, this trade is going to be massive. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. Okay, I'm going to ask you this before we we let her go here because we'll end this. 
what do you think the odds are? I'm going to ask you the odds on Patrick Kane and the odds on Eric Carlson. So odds that Patrick Kane gets moved to the Edmonton Oilers, where would you put it? I'll go 30 because I'm still not convinced he will ultimately move. He's just been so wishy-washy on everything. Some days he makes it seem like he wants to go, and some days he's like, well, I'll wait another 10 days. So I'll say 30. Um, Eric Carlson, I would say even less than that. I would probably say maybe a little like what you said, 15%. I would say maybe like 19 or 20 percent i think there's something there for sure but like i said will they make it work i don't know (laughs) yeah so yeah less than yeah obviously less than a 50 percent chance on either of them yeah i would even go for i would probably say it's even like 25 percent maybe on both of these the reason i say that is because i think the oilers are willing to move that first but i think as prices come down here and they probably will as we get closer to march 3rd the Oilers will have other options to move that first. Okay. The trick is what teams are willing to take the money. And that that's important. That's super important for the Oilers because they have, they're so tight to the salary cap. They have to move these contracts. Mm-hmm. And if they don't get this done before Yamamoto comes on board here and try to figure out what you're doing with Pugliarvi and potentially lose them on waivers and all the other stuff that could come with that, then the odds go down for me. Right. But if you can figure out a way to get Pugliarvi thrown into one of these two deals, and you can move the money. I think the odds are better in, in the next you know, week. Uh, well, after this week and they don't know what's going on, it'll be really interesting. But I'm still putting this at like 25%. But the fact that the Oilers and Blackhawks maybe have something in the pocket already, it's mm-hmm. just a matter of Kane going, yeah, okay, let's do it. That makes things very interesting. So yes. keeping in mind, this is just a report from one person. Uh, we have not had this confirmed by anybody else but Mark Spector. So we don't really know um, how legit and real a possibility this is but it should be very interesting but we thought it'd be worth talking about on the podcast uh any final thoughts before we we say goodbye and then do what we're gonna do which is probably do another episode when a trade happens yeah right i know it will probably be in the next two days since we're talking about it um i think i will end by saying i do not think patrick kane's injury is a concern i kind of agree with him he talked about it the other day and he said he thinks it's being blown out of proportion I agree. And I know a lot of people are a little, you know, skeptical because of the season he's having, how he's not performing up to his standard. And because he did miss three straight games and he hasn't really missed a game in years. But I honestly truly believe that he probably is saving himself a little bit. I don't think he's going to exert that much energy on a Blackhawks team that he knows is not going anywhere that he might know in the back of his mind that his future is not with. So I don't think it's an issue at all. I do think if he went to another team, he'd be just fine and very cane light. So I will leave that there that I think the injury, I understand that it might be a concern, but I don't think it should be in the grand scheme of things. I think he truly is okay and he will be just fine. Well, let's hope that's true if the Oilers do end up adding him from an Oilers perspective because you do not want to trade for a player who is not Mm -hmm. healthy. You don't want to give up all those assets if you get him in half of one round and all of a sudden he's knocked out because of a big hit or something. Like, you just don't – you can't have Mm -hmm. that happen. Like, it's just – that would be a disaster. So, uh, hopefully that is is accurate, that Kane uh, does feel confident that he is good to go and that even Mm -hmm. in a physical series uh, in a Western conference where there's a lot of big dudes, uh, that he's going to be all right. Brooke, thanks. I appreciate it. I know that you were uh, visiting uh, family and friends today, so I appreciate you taking half an hour to talk about this. But we will uh, connect again when there is more trade action to talk about. Yes. Yeah, everybody else, thank you for listening again. NHL Trade Talk, the podcast. You can go to NHLTradeTalk.com, catch up on all the archives of the other episodes. 
download, subscribe to it, share it with your friends and family. We'll pop this on social media so you can do that. And until next time, this has been another edition of the NHL Trade Talk, the podcast. Talk to everybody later.